This episode is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. You know all about that. We talk about it all the time. There's a very good reason uh, for why we talk about it all the time. Uh, it pays our rent. It shows us that you care. Not saying you don't care if you don't support us, but um, it's heartening to have people care about what you do in, in, in a concrete way. Um, in addition, uh, I want to give a quick warning. Uh, at the end of this uh, episode, there's some political talk that happened uh, kind of, you know, in in the green room. Uh, so just letting you guys know that uh, if you have no interest in that, uh, you can shut off. Uh, you know, we'll tell you when to turn off the thing. But uh, it's uh, it's important and things are fucking terrifying. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yep. And uh, this week we are reading your responses to Dishonored 2, which is a game we covered here recently. Came out recently, and uh, people had uh, some pretty strong opinions about it, actually. Yeah. Dishonored 2, Dishonor Among Thieves. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. We've been recording literally forever <laughs> and uh, in our hurry to go back to our wives and families. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get started here with Sam. Sam says via contact. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to go low chaos or high chaos when I started Dishonored 2. I'm currently about halfway through the game as Emily, and that question was answered as soon as I got the ability to turn into some sort of monster shadow and rip dudes in half. And sometimes she does a full-on Kano-style heart rip. Heart Mom does not like this. I don't know who like heart, heart Mom is. Who's it's, Heart it's Mom? The heart. It's the heart. Oh, okay. uh, it's, <laughs> oh yeah, me. shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, whew. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, some yeah, reason, yeah, I forget. Heart Mom and Mask Dad. <laughs> yeah no the 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 theming of emily's of emily's uh powers is great i had no idea about that connection between her powers and the and the the way she ruled but uh mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it's, it's pretty good i also like using the uh the venom arm to suffocate people like that is oh, uh, sure. you know picking them up by the face the um there's two uh two really cool things i didn't mention in the episode because uh time was you know I mean, time wasn't short. We, <laughs> so time, but, was, I mean, time was barely a factor even. So. Yeah, time, time was barely a factor. But the uh, two things that are my favorite, like just, you know, things that I will forgive this game for a lot of crimes because it uh, it let me do these two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and both, both of them involve attaching razor minds to things. Um, one, there's a guy in uh, one of the guard stock lines is I would kill for a pair of soda. So attaching a razor mind to a pair of soda and throwing it at his head is <laughs> real good. The other thing is at, in the uh, Adam Institute, there's a bunch of guards sitting around uh, eating dinner, and there's a rune right next to them. It's really hard to get if you if you do stealth. You have to kind of draw them away one by one. Uh, <laughs> but you can also kill a guard, put a mine on them, and just throw them in the middle of the table. <laughs> you know, eat up, fuck boys. You know, it just explodes in their face. And uh, again, base pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Man, I don't think anybody would blame you for it. I don't... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's done so stylishly and so, so with so much humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Logan writes, Firstly, I didn't finish the game. It just didn't hold my interest. I realize I'm among the minority in disliking Dishonored 2. I feel like video games should indeed be challenging, but that you should still uh, be enjoying yourself while playing them. And for reasons unknown to me, I just didn't enjoy myself while playing this game. The only criticism I can really give it goes to uh, DeCorvo's voice acting. It sticks out like a diseased and swollen thumb. Very interested in hearing what you guys have to say, though. Um. Yeah, I mean, the first part is not... Like there's no there's no way to respond. Like yeah. I agree that you should enjoy video games as well. <laughs> um, I, I it sounded like he was he was verving towards it being too hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He says like you know video games should be indeed be challenging. Mm-hmm. I have no way to respond to that. I don't. Uh, it's not challenge like especially challenging for me. Yeah. Um, and they also give you so many tools to like save and reload too. Like that yeah. that quick save and quick reload 
thing. I can't actually say they've done that or like, I don't know if that, if that's been done before, if this is the first time they've figured out how to do that in a, in a pause menu with the shoulder buttons that like, that is tremendous. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it, I mean, if, if you're playing it non-lethally and I mean, look, you don't have to go back to it. If you were looking for a way to enjoy it, you're playing it non-lethally and you're not enjoying it. I would mm-hmm. say try my stock advice for dishonored is go fucking nuts. <laughs> um, if you're not enjoying it, so play it however you like, but yeah, it plays very differently if you're willing to let people die. Yeah. Um, and is significantly easier. Um, the, uh, the second part, uh, I think all of the voice acting is problematic. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, uh, Corvo stands out particularly for me. Yeah. I think all I think it's a direction problem. Um, the actual guy who does Corvo's voice acting, which who is Garrett and thief. Um, I like him as a voice actor. I think mm-hmm. everyone has a direction to kind of be subdued yeah. in this. And that was not the choice I would have made. Um, and it does make, uh, things just kind of fall. They're flat, like flatter than I want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't stand out to me. Like it just doesn't, uh, I think the voice acting in general is not super strong. Yeah. If they were going to have Corvo suddenly go from being unvoiced to being voiced, um, having that kind of series nod uh, by making him uh, Garrett was a was 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 a good choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's not quite as good as 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 Garrett, right? Um, you know, it's it's I mean it's a different it's a very different game. Yeah, though, so, like it's like you know, thief thief is goofier. Like there's a bunch of there's a, a group of Shakespearean you know like riddle me this and riddle me that like <laughs> forest imps fighting uh you know tech monks like thief is goofy yeah um you know dishonored isn't so it's not like it doesn't match it's just kind of not special but it did not bother me as much as uh it didn't bother me a lot you know um yeah but as and as far as the difficulty if you wanted to give it another shot try playing it the other style but also if it just doesn't work for you it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that and if you listen to the episode, hopefully we laid out uh, a reasonable enough case for it being mechanically uh, satisfying yeah. if you go and look for it. I'm not yeah, saying you didn't look that, for it, but like it, it, a different perspective maybe would maybe would help help some of the problems too. Or just work vicariously for you. So if you yeah. never want to play it, you can still kind of learn about the cool things it does mm-hmm. uh, through us. Um, Riley says, via contact, uh, implicit storytelling was a big part of Dishonored 1, but here it just felt poorly executed. For most of the game, you have no idea what Delilah can do, what her plans are, and if there's any time frame to stop her in. And unlike the Dodd DLC, uh, in that in there isn't an interesting, interesting mystery spawning you onward. The Outsider is even worse. He literally drags you into the void to tell you his backstory, and one scene goes from an interesting Nyarlathotep figure uh, to kind of boring. It doesn't pay off in a possible high chaos ending where you steal the Outsider's power for yourself. Uh, instead, you just don't save your father or daughter for some reason. It's also something which would have been better if they had done with more responsibility uh, as a theme or done more with responsibility as a theme. Um, Also, my second playthrough was half the length of the first because I knew where the bone charms and runes were. I hated tracking those things down, but I also refused not to collect them, which I know is partly my fault, but the game is also to blame. All this said, I very much enjoyed my time with Dishonored 2, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have significant problems with it. Yeah, I wouldn't feel bummed out that the second playthrough like so the the yeah that's that's good yeah the, um, the, the violent playthrough that i did was um significantly shorter or it would have you know ended up being significantly shorter a because i was being more careless um but also like yeah like having the knowledge of the space and the way it fits together and knowing what you're going to make those rushes toward just gets you it, it gets you closer to that point of being able to treat it like a playground yeah what's well, also that's video games like if you yeah. play a level a second time like that's Mm -hmm. that's not a dishonored thing like any level that has stuff worth picking up in you're going to make a beeline to it if you know where it's at yeah um the first section uh 
implicit storytelling, I don't think is actually worse than this. Um, specifically, like the things he actually calls out mm-hmm. um, are kind of like explicit storytelling mm-hmm. is kind of worse than this. But the implicit storytelling, there's still lots of those cool little details um, that you can find kind of piecing together yeah. the kind of in- environment and kind of figuring that stuff out. Um, the actual sub, you know, the actual text of the narrative is weaker. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is. It, it's not a big problem for me. Yeah. But I think it's weaker. Yeah. Uh, Joey writes, Dishonored 2 is good, but it's a sequel. My short review is is this. Dishonored 2 is a sequel to Dishonored. My biggest gripe uh, by far uh, is how a non-lethal playthrough doesn't make any sense at all. In Dishonored 1, the guards coming after you uh, were all more, uh, or sorry, the guards coming after you was all more or less a misunderstanding. The rank and file honestly believed that they were doing the right thing in trying to bring you in, uh, the, to bring you, the presumed murderer of the Empress, to justice. Uh, these were innocent men and killing them uh, felt like a will, uh, willfully bad thing to do. They flipped it around in, in Dishonored 2. The Duke's guards are practically the, practically the Nazis from Indiana Jones. Parenthetical, it is good to punch Nazis. And parenthetical, mm-hmm. uh, that's just me putting that in there. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, the game goes out of its way to tell you about how they murder, extort, and beat up anyone that they don't recognize on the street. When some dock worker casually threw that at me as I passed them on the street, I abandoned all pretension of a non-lethal playthrough. Now it uh, now it was about protecting people. Uh, I couldn't take the chance of letting these assholes wake up a few hours later uh, and take out their anger on the uh, on the nearest uh, passerby. Finally, I'll hammer this home with a couple of the non-lethal al- alternatives for assassination targets. Uh, in what world is forcing electro uh, electroshock therapy on somebody for no reason at all okay? That that is arguably worse than just killing somebody outright. Then curing the beast doctor with an untested formula from a half-dead doctor. Okay, sure, we'll give this a whirl, but a bunk cure is the sort of thing that sequels are made of. Uh, It seemed to be much safer and generally uh, the more humane choice if we factor in the rest of the human race to kill her rather than risking a formula uh, not working or uh, leading to a relapse years later. So in all, a good game, but it does the sequel thing of not being as considered as its predecessor. Uh, It has rules it has to follow, established by the first game, but also has to be different enough to be compelling. This gives rise to conflicts like those that I have mentioned uh, that degrade the game uh, as a standalone product. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I don't uh, yeah, I don't I don't agree with a lot of that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the 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 non lethal non lethal takedowns uh, being more cruel and worse uh, is a thing from Dishonored One. Um, I, the thing that bothered me more was that there were some non non lethal takedowns that were outright kind in this one. I yeah. think I felt the other the, the other way that like you, uh, you literally sell those two brothers to in a lifetime of slavery and they're like silver mines. Yeah, in like the the first one, like that's that's kind of just the series. So it's if you have a problem with that in general, like that's that's fair, mm-hmm. but it's not a comparison thing um and even the the hypatia thing like it's untested is it more and like you could argue that it's more humane to kill her um the game again is a little clumsy but does a lot to it plays into the endings uh her future potential and plays you know goes out of its way to explain that she is a force for good in this world and one of very few yeah so kill it you know just taking her out and the idea that maybe it'll relapse is not really a like you know that that's a that's a moral value proposition i'm comfortable with Mm mm-hmm um, the non-lethal playthrough thing, um, you know, there are guards like that's something that the citizenry said generally about the guards. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of guards in Karnaka that are fine. 
Yeah. Uh, the game included a mechanic so you can actually test them out individually, yeah. which is too tedious for me to do. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you do care about, uh, you're able to actually, that's actually like a, a, an, for that specific complaint, an improvement in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where uh, they're not a monolithic force. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's kind of a choice, right? Do you communicate that more clearly and say, hey, you can use the heart to do a moral test on these people and thus make the heart more of a uh, more of an upfront thing? Or do you keep that as a hidden system that you discover by using this exposition device? Yeah. You know, yeah. like so, bo- I mean, both of those have value. I'm not sure yeah. which is the right answer, but it's there. You yeah, know, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault somebody for not noticing it. It's something that was addressed. Yeah. I guess, I guess is my point. Um, the, uh, there's still also just, you can make the argument, uh, that they are, you know, following orders, which I like, again, is good to punch Nazis as we have established. So it's, that's not a good argument, mm-hmm. but even the, you know, the Duke's guards who are kind of pieces of shit, uh, are under the control of a, a despot, you know? Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I don't, uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think that the, uh, uh, those two, like the two specific points don't seem like, I don't, I don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it's everything's subjective. It doesn't doesn't matter whether I agree with them or not. Yeah. Um, and well, we gave reasons. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, with, like, like, I mean, we did we did the episode and those those are the reasons why I think that is not, um, you know, it doesn't actually uh, I don't think it fares as much worse to the predecessor. I do think, mm-hmm. again, narratively and thematically, it is worse. I think it yeah. makes up gameplay gains. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a whole or as like a close to perfect thing. Yeah. Um, maybe it is different than it's, it's, you know, or, or less considered than its predecessor, but yeah. it's hard for me to call it uh, less than. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is something where it is uh, at the end where it's like, it's the sequel thing of uh, having rules to follow that are established, but having to be different enough to be compelling. I don't think that's actually the issue. Yeah. I think it is, is literally like an under, un, underdeveloped kind of narrative and character work. Yeah. Thing. And if the morality of Dishonored 1 was a problem for you, I don't know that there was much of anything they could have done in Dishonored 2 to to straighten that out for you, to untangle yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, well, the, and the actual, the issue there is that Dishonored 1 is not about morality. Right. Like, that's the, when I talk about the thematic whole, the trick to Dishonored 1 is it's about player expression. Mm-hmm. Like, not just as a product, but also as a, as a narrative. Like, everything mm-hmm. in that game is meant to support this conflict between the player deciding whether they want to kill people and mm-hmm. have fun. Yeah. Or set up an artificial set of restraints for themselves and not. Right. Um, that's missing. Mm-hmm. So it maybe feels a little less satisfying, but actually in practice, it's pretty similar. And you actually have more tools to determine the guilt of someone if you are going to play along with that yeah. kind of narrative moral construct. Yeah. I guess I guess what I should have said to go back and edit myself, um, the present if the presentation of the morality um made you uncomfortable or was unsatisfying to you like there's very little they could have done to yeah. raise, you know to, to to raise that up you know either by emphasizing it differently or by doing it differently to get all together yeah yep yep um yeah philip says by contact um i was excited to play Dishonored 2 because i love the first game hearing you were doing it for the show was the incentive i needed to purchase it uh during the steam winter sale i enjoyed the first couple of chapters but started with the much lauded clockwork mansion level i unfortunately became more and more disappointed in the game overall i'm still glad i played it all the way through as it seems like the developers are getting close to something uh, really special but the fundamental problem of the game uh the first game is even more of a problem here desire to like dishonored before it can be immensely satisfying from a gameplay perspective and it can be satisfying from a storytelling perspective but it can't seem to do both at the same time despite the uh, advertising campaign that said play your own way the game strongly implies that a low chaos, undetected, non-lethal playthrough is the correct path from the storytelling perspective. 
that would be okay with me, but the high chaos powers and weapons are more attractive to, and fun to use. I'm forced to choose between having fun and being left, uh, between having fun, but being left unsatisfied or being satisfied and having much less fun. This is literally the, the thing I just said about Dishonored One. So <laughs> Phil, Philip is, is laying out the case of the theme of Dishonored One in that paragraph. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my first playthrough, I was interested in the story, so over and over again, I would reload a quick save and try to remain undetected while passing three or four guards to get to my next objective. Eventually, I would be successful, but I wasn't having very much fun. On the previously mentioned Clockwork Mansion level, I would have to reload saves every time I activated a lever, as it was never clear what the consequences of that lever would be, and I would almost always be detected. On subsequent playthroughs, knowing the story already, I was having a lot more fun, but I didn't think the game should assume multiple playthroughs. It has to earn them. Probably the most frustrating aspect is that it's clear that there's like 80% of a masterpiece here, but the other 20% spoils everything. I hope they can solve these problems in Dishonored 3. I have no idea where you're getting the idea that the narrative implies that you should be undetected. Yeah, I wonder. So, I mean, the the fact that it is a stealth game and in general stealth games, you know, like the, the there is a demand for perfection in that, like historically within within the genre. Additionally, you're probably also bringing in that non lethal non lethal equals better than, mm. you know, just 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 from elsewhere. I you know I don't think that I don't think that there's anything like that. Like it doesn't lash you for either killing people or for being detected. It just caters the game to be more you know to like to like to account for that. Yeah, it does. It it plays out as a a narrative, which again has those problems that we mentioned. Uh, the same way, either way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like the game, if you get caught, does anything. It's not Splinter Cell, where it like yeah. automatically fails you. It's not a fail state, or even like a narrative fail state. Like there's nobody really chiding you or anything. It's not even I mean, like um like Liberty you, you, Island. You have the um you have the uh oh gosh the heart you know and Jessamine will say like ah you're pretty bad like you but, will be a, like you know if if you kill people your character will become much more like just deranged when it comes to the value of human life but Philip Philip's not even talking about that he's talking yeah. about being undetected right so it's not even about killing people it's about literally so like getting through the clockwork mansion without being seen is an easter egg mm-hmm. like that's a that's a weird weird rare achievement like the way that level is supposed to work is Jindosh kind of taunting you through the whole thing and then getting yeah. to the end and being able to do you know, uh, kind of bring them to justice for that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like, a, I just, I don't, I have no, I, I can't see and do not think this game signals to you that undetected is the way to play. Yeah. Other than just what you were talking about, Cole, where like maybe it is just stealth baggage that people bring to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things like I cannot, it's hard to hold it against somebody if they, if, if, if they, if they walk into a new experience with like the inertia point that they carry with them from, from all of history, I like this is not my actual stance but i i hate final fantasy 12 because it is possible or like it, it is nearly impossible to get everything inside of it you yeah. know or like the like the, the optional bosses are you know like complicated and tedious well okay you don't have to do it and also like that like just the, the that is asking you to do something besides approach them head on you know, the um, that's something like in discussions in the Slack and, and discussions about this game. And this plays into one, two in, or Dishonored one as well, where like uh, there's somewhere somebody smarter than me can do a critical examination of this. The way that like those exterior uh, kind of motivations. So the fact that the game, you know, creates achievements for ghosting it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the game has these kind of external motivations that are outside of the game can influence a game negatively, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and this, this series is really one of those where like 
a lot of people who I and there are people who just don't like it because things are subjective and they just don't like it. And that's yeah. that's fine. But so many people dislike this game because they're like, man, I keep trying to play it this one way that isn't fun. I can't not play it that way. And that that to me is weird. You know, like yeah. I, I I don't I, I wish that wasn't a thing for gamers. Yeah. You know, where and, and that comes into like endings and stuff, too. Like that's, you know, the big thing with with the high chaos ending of Dishonor 1. And we talked all kinds of sugar about that. Um, that whole idea that like, yes, the you know, you're not getting a cookie <laughs> if you get to the end of the the thing and it's high chaos, but it looks real cool. Yeah. You know, it, it's a stormy, like windswept lighthouse, like cliff fortress thing. It's really <laughs> neat. I wish that gamers cared less about what was like kind of contextualized as good yeah. from factors outside the game and more about what is more interesting or yeah. kind of satisfying. Yeah. You the, know, this is, this is total armchair psychology, but you know, I, I look at something that is portrayed as morality and this, and yeah, like killing people, not a good thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like, you know, if, if, if you look at your technical performance in this and the way things kind of shake out as a, as a personality test, almost like, Oh, you you get to that awesome alternate version of the last of the, of the last level in Dishonored One, and you, you know what it's saying is, oh, you have you you have murdered people and you have performed bad in this game that is marketed as stealth. So therefore, here is here, here is a suboptimal thing that reflects poorly on your performance, and uh, moreover, and you know worse reflects poorly on you on you as a person. And, and your skill, like there's an yeah. element of like doing that non-lethal thing that is like, a, this is more challenging. So I need to do yeah the hard version of that. But like, I, I don't, uh, I think that is like a thing that is a factor. And there are lots of different factors this is a complicated, yeah, yeah. you know, phenomenon. Um, I think that is true for, for some people, but it just, so something that I, I try to, uh, try to do and, and people, there are probably people who pull out their hair, hair hearing this because I'm not always good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll admit that I don't always keep this in mind. I just try to is approach a game as it wants, like try to figure out how a game wants me to approach it mm -hmm. and then approach it that way. I mean, it's a um, different version of the Ebert thing, which is you judge something based on what it's trying to be. Yes. Which is like <laughs> the go with like, you know, the, the, you know, that's how you judge art. Like what are they trying to do? Were they successful? Was it worth doing? Right. Um, what dishonored is trying to do, I guess the, the thing with this response is that the fundamental idea that dishonored is trying to be a game that encourages you to not be seen, I think is false. Right. And to me, that is a false premise. I don't get that from the game. When I try to figure out what Dishonored is trying to do, uh, the first one, I have a very good idea. The second one, a little bit less so, mm -hmm. but I also think the second one is more, I don't think it's like tedious if you play through stealthily. No. Like if you're trying to play through without being seen ever, it's tedious if you're trying to play through perfectly, mm -hmm. but what game isn't? Right. Like that's, a, that, I mean, I, to me, that is a really bad way to approach games. I don't, yeah. well, I mean, it's, it's probably it's... the same part of me that doesn't like platinuming things. Like that doesn't, doesn't <laughs> understand that yeah. as an impulse. Like, or, or it's like, it's, it's, it's the temptation to turn any game you emulate into a quick save marathon. Yes. Like, okay, I'm going to execute this perfectly and I'm going to beat Contra by, by not losing a single life. And, and to <laughs> me that, that baggage, like there's, if that's the most fun way for you to do it. I would never judge you for it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. If, if if that if that's satisfying for you, but these people who who have talked to me, and, and I'm not just specifically calling Philip out, but like, no, no, I talk to people about the series, and they're conflicted. Like, they are less happy because of this aspect that they're bringing to the game. Like, <clears throat> Namaste, my friend. Like, just let it go because it, it's not a <laughs> well. You you are bringing something that is making the experience worse for yourself, and you know the operative part of that is like you are bringing it. Yeah. To the game, <laughs> like it's not. Uh, it operates on it's its own thing. Yeah. 
and you are you are choosing to engage with it in a, in a op, suboptimal way that is making it less fun. Right. And, you know, for, for you, not at, even it's not even I'm not judging your fun. Oh, you're right. telling me that it's less fun for you. You know, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, so let's let's take this and uh, repeat a couple of uh, or, or just cover a little bit of ground that we covered in the episode about the first game, like a tremendous amount of design resource has gone into making the game fun if you get spotted. That is a key, awesome thing about this series is that it, you know, it, it is reactive and it will give you it'll give you more in response to how you play, and, you know, mm. interpreting how you play as, you know, what, 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 what you want. There, there is no such thing as like a as a suboptimal playthrough in this, just because it will always kind of like give you a way out or give you another you know a next thing to do, like you determine what the like what the success and failure is for this because either you die and you reload or you reload on your own or you, or you just kind of roll with the punches like yeah. you know don't feel like you are playing with this thing wrong because you know and this this is like an appeal to authority or whatever you know like ascribe whatever fallacy you want to this statement but like the team has taken that into account and they want to usher you through this in a way that you know lets you do cool shit (laughs) yeah so it's very much like you know to phil's point where he's like the game purports to let you play your way it's like he's saying like oh this game is lying to me by saying i can play my way i'm playing it this way i like and don't like it yeah you know it's like well that's i mean you can you, you it's it's allowing for what you want to do yeah but it's you maybe reconsider the way that you are approaching yeah. it you know like the, and it's it's absolutely a thing it's 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 entirely valid if your intention is to play without being spotted and then you get spot you get spotted and then you failed based on the rules that you've set yourself like there's nothing that says that is it you know like that you shouldn't feel bad you know that you that you didn't rise up to your own like expectation that you set that you set your set for yourself but that's not the game's expectation of you. That that's where I'm at with it. Like I, I literally, you know, in, in playing through this, I played through the, you know, the first half of it three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot think that the game is signaling to you in any way other than maybe again, possibly those achievement lists or something like external yeah, yeah. that being ghost, like a ghost playthrough is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think there's just kind of like a weird gamer mentality and this doesn't like i'm picking on dishonored people but this comes up in any game where like that's possible yeah you know if there's a perfect run through people will just kill themselves to get it and like if at the end of the day like we're all gonna die these are just video games and (laughs) they don't matter okay so this is argumentum ad mortality (laughs) yes yeah the the, the fact that like what's gonna matter is how much fun you had with the thing yeah (laughs) you know like and you can you can spend a lot of time just kind of being cranky about uh this is not subjectivity suit because you can spend like a lot of time being cranky that a game is just not the perfect thing that you want. Mm-hmm. But if it's trying to do something else and you don't make an effort to engage it on that level, I don't think you have a lot of room to criticize. Yeah. Like what it's doing might not be for you, you know, which is fine, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean the thing itself is worse. Right. Just because, you know, the fact that this is kind of tedious to play through perfectly, um, you know, you don't enjoy that, which like I did. It's like, a, a, it's like, Hey, some people might like that tedium. I reload all the time because I want to yeah. figure out the pattern. You yeah, know? like it is when I did the uh, the stealth version of this, like it was pretty satisfying. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, I tried to ghost it as best I could. I got saw a couple times, but it was I found it fun. It's a different kind of fun than the actual the yeah, more special yeah. fun that you were talking about. The the fun to get caught part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, but like it's just it's not you just have to reconsider. Yeah. I think the the way you're you're approaching it. The, um, oh, a good example of this that's contemporary with us is we're doing Hyperlight Drifter for Bonfires I Chat and yes. like took a huge wall for me to 
understand to stop trying to think of that game in the what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And like the end result is I'm not convinced it is a game for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm, gonna I'm not going <laughs> to beat it. I, I don't love it. Like I don't, I don't, it's not ideal. There's an ideal version of it in my head, but it's not the game's fault that it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's not the game's fault. that It is an arena based, you know, Twitch, uh, bullet hell, you know, uh, smash TV simulator with mm-hmm. exploration between those sections. Yeah. Like that's not the game's fault. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. That is something that is less for me. Yeah. But that's not the game's fault. Yeah. You know, there are other things that are the game's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, there are design flaws in that game. Yeah. But that individual part is not, you know, a thing. And again, imagine there are people who are just like, Gary, this is bullshit because you criticize games. Like, what can't you say that about Soul Reaver? No. Like, Soul <laughs> Reaver, like there are specific things about even Soul if, Reaver. Even if you are meeting it on its terms, there are things that are uh, that, that fall far, far short of optimal. Yes. <laughs> With Soul Reaver, what it was, it, I figured out what it was trying to do. What it was trying to what it was asking you to do, and it wasn't fun. Yeah. And yeah, and it was not worth doing. So yeah. it failed those second two points of the the kind of criticism thing. Whereas I think this game succeeds on all three of those. Like I know what it's trying to do. The it succeeded at what it's trying to do, not necessarily what you want to bring to it. And what it's trying to do, to my mind, is very much worth doing. Yeah. So um, so I, I want to ask you this question because I can't remember. So Dishonored One Senpai, um, in the um, mission summary screens in Dishonored One, did it present you with the axis between um, no. stealth and assault and uh, uh, nonviolent versus uh, pacifist? The the axis is new, but I will say that that's actually plays more into the game, not encouraging you to play a certain way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tremendous. Just like showing, it addresses yeah. the complexity and it shows you exactly where you fall in this. And it gives you the feedback on, you know, another another go through of how you could do it differently. And it separates those two things. Were you seen or were you not seen versus yeah. did you kill or versus versus did you not kill? The um, yeah, that's that's new. Yeah. And um, it's great. One thing that, I think that's a, one, like that is a net positive. The one thing that I do think that is, uh, and we uh, I've talked about this before, that would be a, a stellar addition to this game, and they could still patch us in, is that if you're going for a ghost run, if you've decided that's what you want, mm-hmm. um, it letting you know when you failed it before the end of the mission. Yeah. So if somebody you know finds a corpse, like an alert like, pops up, maybe bring... even a camera that shows the situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, something like that would be really good. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, just more it, feedback. Yeah, to make it, <laughs> there could be better feedback for that. That's not the end of the level. I mean, it's too late to fix. Yeah. Um, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that's part of the reason why it's not fun to play that way or it's, it's not my favorite way to play. I still I've done it, but it's not my fave. Yeah, that's part of it. If you made that a little bit stronger, I think it would be better. But I don't I do not buy the the premise that the game invites you to play. You know, uh, it's any, like, it, like, man, it's not even um, this is uh, we've been recording forever and that's, I'm losing my mind and that's what's going on. <laughs> um, but it's like uh, that's that's one of the big arguments I have about Undertale to bring up another cliche thing is I think Undertale does try to pl- get you to play non-lethally. Mm-hmm. Um, that game does present. So one, it's the back of the box quote. Um, it's not like the back of Dishonored is like, you can totally be a ghost. <laughs> like the, the, it literally says, play your own way. Right. Like it's doing, you know, it's signaling as opposed to Undertale, which is like, hey, it's the RPG where you don't have to kill people. Um, and then everyone you run into in Undertale is sweet as pie. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you want to hurt your friends? They're skele friends and dog friends, you know, and then that the, my problem with that game is that like it tells you that's what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's successful at what it wants to be. I don't think it's that fun to play that way. This is so different than that because the game is not funneling you towards one or the other. Like no, they're both no. games where there's two separate contrary systems that are possible, mm-hmm. one of which does encourage you to play a certain way. The other one pointedly does the opposite of that, mm-hmm. I think. 
Yeah. So, and, and I'll come at it from, 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 from the other point of view, which is I had a lot of fun playing nonviolently in undertale. Like it just depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, for me, it was not something like I did not find it fun to do. Right. So again, that's not, you know, not for me. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. um, and there are individual things that I do think it's, it's, it's a gradient where there are things that I, I have problems with that that are like unquestionable flaws in the game. Like mm-hmm. the colorblind thing is bullshit. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. And then, for, for fuck's you know, sake. And, yeah. And then there are things that are more subjective and it's just not for me. Like I don't like bullet hills. Like <laughs> I don't think that's a fun genre. Yeah. So for me, that's not uh, going to appeal and that's not undertale's fault. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, I don't, I, I do not think that the, the game does that. Um, but you know, again, like I said, we're all going to die at the end of the day. <laughs> video games don't matter. So <laughs> we get to shit. So why are we doing this? Okay. This yeah. is the last episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Episode 149. So stopping just for 150. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, we're stopping at 300. I mean, come on. Like that's, oh, that's, the, that's the way, that's, that's the way to stop. Better. Yeah. And hold us to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's look here. Uh, uh, Dylan writes, I loved Dishonored 1. I played through it uh, many ways and many times, and I felt so confident in my love of whatever else Arcane could give us that I did something unusual and pre-ordered the game for PC. I eagerly fired it up on the first day and it, uh, on the first day that it was available, uh, and got ready to sink myself into a new non-lethal attempted ghost run. Um, I couldn't wait for the thrill of choking out a new set of baddies with a new set of powers, but the problems soon set in. To clarify. None of these problems are with Dis- are with Dishonored 2 as a game. It is a pretty perfect expansion on the promise of the first and a dizzying array of choices. My issues, unfortunately, are of the technical variety. I got burned by the Arkham Knight PC port well after the warnings, but when I saw it on sale for 14 bucks, I decided to take the risk. What I got was fun when it worked and annoying when it didn't, but even though it was a crash-tastical time, uh, I wasn't super mad because it was so cheap. Dishonored 2, a full-price game that uh, would easily justify the $60 on any console, was a bridge too far for PC port fuckery. The nauseating frame rate was not the worst. I still played the game and loved it. Uh, Once they patched that out, I was ecstatic to finish my run uh, in relative smoothness. Unfortunately, in my 18th hour of play, early in my attempts to infiltrate the castle, I attempted to boot up the game and load my save, hungering for that sweet, sweet stealth. And then the game simply stopped working. None of my saves uh, would load, and I couldn't start a new game. My adventure was over, and I could almost taste victory. I was crushed. I know that the iterative nature of updates allows them to patch this problem out, but every patch so far has introduced a number of non-existent problems, so my hopes aren't high. Um, uh, To have such a phenomenal game marred by such a piss-poor port is just, for lack of a better term, horse apples. (laughs) Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I couldn't help but hear hear that in in, uh, Norm MacDonald's voice. Um, Oh, sure. Um, uh, I am never one to wave the gamer privilege flag, but I'm starting to get frustrated with the slapdash ports that many games are getting for PC these days. I'm not going to pick it. I'm not going to ask for a refund, and I'm not taking to message boards to type in all caps. I'm mostly sad that Dishonored 2 won't just let me enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not putting this... that is that is all horse apples. Those apples are not contestable. Yeah. Um, the, the, do, like the, never the, never pre-order things. Yeah. The the the, pro, like, the provenance of, of these apples is definitely a horse. Yeah. These are these are horses horses of apples. <laughs> uh, but man, like this you know this is a, a real 
I think this is a general thing and like I'm not trying to be say it as a holier than thou thing thou thing, but like this is why we don't you know, this is why we don't pre order. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh it, it's a mistake and that's moving more with Bethesda being or uh you know being like, Oh, we're not gonna send our things to reviewers, like yeah. fuck off. You know, like I, I don't like why why would I give you my money before any of this stuff happens? Yeah, that is a that is a terrible policy. It's it's absolute it's 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 horse shit. If the uh this this thing is horse apples, this is upgraded after mm-hmm. the horses have eaten the apples <laughs> uh to become horse shit. So um you know, and and that sucks that you had to go through that. Like yeah, my computer's I mean, aging. I am getting everything on PS4 now because my computer is chugging along. Mm-hmm. Um that would have drove me nuts too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. especially to get to the very end. Yeah, you know, that's, that's insidious. I, I have I have sympathy, especially you know if, if if somebody didn't pre-order, but they but they heard this game is amazing because the reviewer played it on console or something, and they get it, and their first impression of it is that it is completely janky. Like there are cases where you can look past that. Like Fall in New Vegas will always carry that stigma that it crashed and ruined people's yeah. saves and stuff like that. But like first impressions matter, and and know? well that that has like huge uh, had huge legs, right? Because that's yeah. part of the why the Metacritic score was slightly below, which meant that. Uh, Obsidian didn't get the bonus, mm-hmm. which meant they're unlikely to work with them again, which means that we're not going to get like a good, you know, Fallout 4 <laughs> side mission thing. Yeah, and, like, like, Fallout 4.5 that, it, that actually yeah. like delivers on the promise of that engine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which, which would be phenomenal. So like it is just uh, pre-order culture and gamer culture is fucked. Don't pre-order. <laughs> like it's very, very rare. The thing that like I think is worth yeah. pre-ordering. And it's, um, it's and getting to the point, PC. like, you used to be able to take refuge in pre-ordering stuff on consoles because it'd be shipped and certifiable yeah. or whatever. Um, I, I pre-ordered Resident Evil 7 almost out of out of reflex. But it's mm-hmm. like, hmm, getting that on PS4, what if it's just fucked and I can't play it for a week? Well, I can play a bunch of other stuff. But, like, if I was doing something like covering it for a show, right, my yeah. PC could have run Dark Souls 3. But I got it on PS4 because, well, you know what? Shit, I've got to play it as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I want it to have the best possible chance of being decent. Yeah, you know, beforehand, and the, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and and honestly, like if you're not doing it, um, this, I, you know, I don't want to be this the episode where I star man about gamer issues, but like, <laughs> like I don't, uh, I get, I get excited about things. I really want to play RE Seven. Mm-hmm. I just really wonder, like, if, like I don't know if I end up playing that a week after it comes out and the dust is settled, what am I mm-hmm. losing? Yeah, you know, that's still early enough to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Um. But it's also late enough to where I'm this this isn't gonna happen to me, this pre order thing. Yeah. You know, so I'm not I'm not calling you out for this. Like it is their responsibility to make a better product. Yeah. But they will only do so once we stop pre ordering. <laughs> yeah. Like we they have no incentive to do that as long as people will buy things when they don't know if they're good. Yeah. Once once, you know, so, <laughs> once there is a reason for them to get bit for these reliability issues. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So this is a this is a good a good lesson, you know? This is a good time to to, to get off the pre order train if you're on it. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to get better. Like that's going to get worse actually. Yeah. You know, because this is between Dishonored 2 and uh, Doom, Bethesda was like, we're going to start this new shitty review policy. Oh, it worked out. Those games got great reviews and sold great. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, fantastic games. Yeah. But, like, and we, we but, made two, two really good games. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like what happens when you don't make a good game and all of a sudden people get burned? Like you're like, they're, they're not all going to be on the level of Dishonored 2 or Doom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised more people weren't as into this as as, as we were. Yeah, um, I think that it's you know I we could probably post game about this, but I think that covering something new um, gets will get a lot more people writing in, possibly with disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't had the chance to like settle down and like fall into a pattern. Um, yeah, 
you know, which I'm not blaming anybody who wrote in, you know, not liking it for like, oh, you just need to look at the long game, man. No, 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 we just don't have all. the we don't we, we don't have the benefit of like a lot of a lot of time, you know, like settling these settling these things down. I, I'm just curious because it's like they uh, nobody mentioned like the people, the lines that are about the gameplay are just like, yeah, it's great. Moving on, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's just it's kind of uh, weird to me that for other people and again, I'm not calling them out like that. I saw something that they didn't. Like the gameplay to them seemed like competent and good, but not special mm-hmm. the way it seems special to me and worth talking about. And and even if I thought the narrative was as bad as, as some of the people wrote in, the gameplay stuff was distracting. It was the bigger story here. Yeah. You know, um, is how we kind of kind of looked at it. But that's, you know, again, it's fine. Yeah. Um, does not bother me. Hopefully we made our case. And if we've done so, that's that's all we can do. Yep. Um, if you have thoughts about Castlevania Symphony of the Night or Shadow of Memories or Shadow of Destiny, mm-hmm. um, go ahead and hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep. And watch uh, watch the social media for either the poll that we're doing um, about a special episode or mm-hmm. for the uh, the results of that poll, uh, which we're probably going to announce during the next uh, during the next step Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, just uh, you know, we've been recording for almost five hours now, so. Just uh, the boilerplate kind of, uh, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash DuckVTV, you can see what we have on mm-hmm. offer, um, see uh, what you get for supporting us, and uh, what might happen in the future if more people support us. Yeah. And I think that's probably about it. Um, I think there, so. I, yeah. There's, a, there's, I think, a deleted scene. We'll see. Uh, we, we talk politics for a little bit. It's a trigger <laughs> warning, I guess, for people who, yeah. and I don't mean that to be a trigger warning joke. I mean, literally. No, if like you literally, that, if, it, if it's going yeah. to, if it's going to upset you to hear us talking about uh things following the inauguration and who knows it's two weeks so there's you know that that could apply to anything yeah <laughs> you know yeah. then uh then, then understand that uh that that may not be for you and uh you know us you know our politics so if it's going to upset you you know uh we don't want you to be upset so you can yeah. tune out and that's yeah, time fine. to time to turn off the episode if you want to hear us uh more or less commiserate for uh for 20 minutes <laughs> it's coming right now yeah so uh, uh again blood flies are upsetting and umbasa all right cool man um i need to go and eat some dinner because i didn't i did not expect it to be eight (laughs) o'clock no no no. this went way longer than i thought i have to eat some dinner too so okay all right i will uh talk to you tomorrow i have to get back from the doctor okay all right literally bye bye yep no i've been kind of uh down like just you know out of out of commission i don't know these past couple days mostly just trying not to feel bad and uh yeah watching videos of that nazi getting punched and remixes of that nazi getting punched it's been good yeah real good yep real good did you go to the march yesterday yeah how was it um it was real great uh physically uncomfortable yeah um you know because it it was cold and rained Mm. uh, the entire time and uh the buses were all too crowded to go walking down there which is um like you know roughly where i live yeah yeah and the march is downtown so it's you know like a half hour walk yeah um and uh i couldn't meet up with anybody because it was you know really big Mm -hmm. um i intended to meet up with will and his girlfriend but that didn't happen so it's just me there alone yeah which is a little weird um you know like as far as just uh energy Mm -hmm. wise you know, like, I, I think that, like, if you go to this kind of thing, it's probably best to go with a group because it's, you know, you'll kind of feed into each other. But it was good. It was very inspiring. Um, it's more people than I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, like, it was estimated 
there are like 30,000 Facebook like uh, RSVPs and something like 70,000 people showed up. Oh, wow. Um, the, uh, I ended up, you know, because I ended up walking the, uh, by the time I got there, um, you know, they were doing the, the rally kind of part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't, couldn't really hear it, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, but the, uh, by the time the actual March started, like people were getting back from it by the time we left. Okay. Like it was that many people. So they had made wow. the entire kind of loop. Hmm. Um, by the time I left. So just tons of people. People stop, you know, a lot of funny signs, a lot of little kids there, which is really great. <laughs> it was really cute and heartening. Yeah. Um, a lot of people kind of set up and did little demonstrations or did little talks along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was real good. I'm glad I did it. Um, yeah. Was there, it was encouraging to see. Was there anything in the way of like opposition? No, no. I was kind of uh, half expecting it. The, uh, but nothing like that. Um, a couple, you know, I mis- misread a couple cause people who didn't, uh, do the actual March, like some of them would, would post up at, uh, parking garages. Mm-hmm. So you go by these parking garages and all of the like, you know, portals or whatever, they're not windows, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, the holes on the side of parking garages would be absolutely full of people, um, who, you know, were cheering and, and, and all that stuff and, and chanting. Nice. And, uh, the uh, uh, sometimes you know you couldn't I couldn't read them so I would expect like oh is that some kind of like shithead but no yeah. like it was like a zero shithead thing yeah and the police were um, cool yeah police were fine when we were going um we saw I saw two big trucks full of like riot gear cops yeah you know, like when they stand on the side yeah yeah um driving by and and I was walking with a bunch of people because we all gave up on the bus at the same time mm-hmm. and uh, the riot gear one of the cops on the end gave us like a little like. I'll be seeing you later kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of wave. And I was a little nervous, but, um, you know, nothing happened. A bunch of cops that were there, like blocking off the, the roads, you know, so nobody could, could get through like wearing pink hats and stuff. Like it was pretty supportive, Yeah, which is really cool. Like a lot of people, um, you know, kind of the way that like every good thing should be open to criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some kind of, fr- the sometimes frustrating, uh, aspect of like progressivism where, it is immediately kind of any, any good is kind of critiqued is not good enough, no matter what. Of course. Yeah. Um, afterwards to so like in the wake of this, the big thing is like, and and this, I think this is true, you know, mm-hmm. this is actually correct, but <clears throat> people were just like, man, you know, the, the 20, the March on the 21st was so much better than the one, the protest on the 20th because there were no arrests and they didn't get violent. And like, that says more about police response mm-hmm. to this kind of thing than it does what the actual, the content of the protests. Yeah. Like, uh, Portland was really bad on inauguration day as far as police reaction, but mm-hmm. I've, you know, watching video and reading and stuff, like it was a police overreaction. Right. Like it is not, uh, it was also like a 100% peaceful protest that, you know, even more so than election night where like an election night, a couple car windows got broken. Right. Uh, which, you know, See, you know, not everybody's with me on this. I don't fucking care about car windows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, this, this didn't even really happen then. Just the police were just like braced for the worst and really, really reacted pretty big. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that contrast is more about the, the, you know, the subject matter and kind of more in a weird way is like a, a kind of a patriarchal construction, you know, like, oh, if the women want to march, we don't need to bring our our tear gas for it. But the yeah. second, you know, it's a, a mixed thing or a black lives matter thing or something like that. We need to be ready to 
tear gassed a lot of them. Yeah. You know? So I think that's true. I think there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, you know, the end result was it was really, really peaceful, which is good because it's the first time I've ever done something like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad it was not, uh, not, you know, a tear gas horror show. Like I've been tear gassed before at a Halloween party in Madison, (laughs) Wisconsin, Halloween, like Halloween outdoor celebration. (laughs) How did I never know this, that you've been tear gassed? I feel like I've, I've talked about that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh, I mean, maybe I haven't. I, I could be a lot. And, and I'm sorry, I'm laughing at you getting tear gassed. No, but... no, no, it was a long time ago, and and uh, it was fine. The um, it was in Madison. Halloween is a big deal, and people just kind of take to the streets. Yeah, and it wasn't a, a purposeful thing. It was, you know, at least you know pre pre my being having any awareness of politi- you know politics. It was like in my mid twenties, right. Um, but they, uh, you know, people were outside and being wild and, and crazy and stuff. And the, the police tear gassed the, the crowd. Hmm. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get it bad, right? but I got it, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, it sucks. Yeah. I, so, mm. uh, yeah. You know. So well, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very good. It was, uh, uh, I'm glad I did it and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, something like close to 4 million people did it. Yeah. Yep. Still nowhere near the people who showed up at his inauguration to watch him speak. Oh, according to, yeah. Yeah. According to alternative facts. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. God. Which is, there's a lot of signs about that, which is really great. Like, (laughs) you know, just, it's just funny. Like, I like, uh, when you, when you have this kind of wide array of, of, you know, creative people, like I can, I can appreciate that that kind of joke and that kind of punchy. Yeah. Punchy thing. So (laughs) the, uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it's really scary. That alternative fact thing is super scary. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to reconsider our relationship with the press thing. It's super fucking scary and bad. Yep. The, extremely not good. The, the, like, the, the first press conference coming out and chastising them saying, hey, this is what you should be reporting on, then not taking questions. Um, yeah. Really bad. There's the, uh, there, There's been nothing, nothing to reassure me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Why, and, uh, you know, why anybody has put any kind of modicum of trust in this guy mm-hmm. at this point? I have no fucking idea. Like it is, I do not get it. It is, uh, it's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the newest thing, not to like throw an anxiety spell on you before we record, but did you see this, this house build bill about leaving the UN thing? (laughs) What? Yep. Yeah. It is a proposed. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) fuck me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a good, it is a good time to call your representative. Oh uh, fuck! Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's extremely bad. Um, <sighs> so the uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is a very very bad people in power right now. Yeah. Uh, and I hate them. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I, I wish them no joy. Yep. And the rest of their days. May all their um, food turn to ash in their mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, I think that, you know, I hope that the, the outcry about that will be big enough and that that will actually matter. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Like, I I have no doubt that that like people are gonna be like, wait a minute, what? But yeah, they have no, they have no reason to listen at all. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing tempering it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that tempering it would be, you know, uh, non- non so you know republican representatives who haven't lost their fucking mind <laughs> yeah. you know like of which there have to be some 
<laughs> some out there, you know, and, but at the very least, even if, even if they haven't lost everything that makes them a person, like they, at the very least, they, uh, want to be reelected, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the, that was the greatest thing about this March thing. It was just like, you know, there's a, the, again, that, that kind of way that, uh, the left tears down all of its successes after they've, they've built them mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the, so the, another big piece of the, the kind of post-March criticism is that, like, unless uh, it is accompanied with, like, certain action afterwards, it's going to end up like Occupy, where it's like, that was a big symbolic victory, but actually accomplished very little. Right, right. Um, and, and I think that's true. At the same time, like, man, all these ladies get out there and vote. Yeah. You know, I understand it's it's only like four million people, which, but uh, it's one one out of a hundred people in the United States. Mm-hmm. was represented there which is crazy mm-hmm. you know and it's like uh you know tons of people couldn't couldn't make it there were people in other countries that did solidarity things like i i would not be surprised if it was the biggest protest that has been yeah you know kind of ever mm-hmm. you know like it, it is and uh it's just like all, all those people you know start calling your dickhead you know <laughs> gop senators and being like hey if you don't knock this shit off like going to vote for you you know like you will lose your job and like that's literally the only thing they care about because they're sociopath snake handlers yeah who you know they're they're maniacs so i uh that is my that is my hope yeah that uh that it is you know that was the part of it that made me feel good mm-hmm. just like this is this is a lot of people yeah. and every single time you know and that inauguration thing was very few people <laughs> and you know that so it's like we really really outnumber them this was just a real weird shitty hiccup yeah that i like i you know that was had enough re- enough like reasons no single which one would have caused this and mm-hmm. all of them together somehow did this kind of confluence yeah you know, it's not like an accident it was a planned thing it's not weather but like <laughs> it is uh you know now we, if, if people like this is an opportunity for people to kind of like wake up i guess yeah the I mean the, the the hope would be that there's already that, that that the next event is already in planning you know that there is that there has been a good time identified to do something similar mm-hmm. you know next yeah. time yeah yeah I mean yep, yep. like the thing that has been amazing to watch about this is that it does refute the reality that Trump is trying to that Trump is trying to you know and and, and basically all the people around him are trying to create which is hey we won dummies so therefore everything we do is right yeah <laughs> you yeah know? well and that just you know we we secretly have you know most people actually actually want this mm-hmm. that uh you know none of those things are true right you know it is it is not most people by any means and it's mm-hmm. not just coastal people who don't want it right you know it is uh it is a, it's a weird, it's a, it's a real unfortunate minority rule we have going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and fuck them. I, yep. like, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, more or less wish, uh, all of the worst things in the world on them. Yep. Up to, you know, punching would be the minimum. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the great thing about that punch, did, did you see the, like the, like the statement that he gave after it 
which yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, go going, I'm scared to go out in public because I might be punched again. Like That's I'm going, I'm point. going to be the yeah. meme of all memes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes, like the physical discomfort. Yeah. It fucking sucks to be punched in the face. But like when you have people very happy that you got punched and that is the thing that you're known for, that is the violence that needs to be done to these people. Yeah. Like you should be ashamed and should be scared to go out in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do not get to like advocate for the eradication of a race and get away with it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it is. It like it's it's been a fun couple of days. <laughs> like it's you know because it's <laughs> the fact the people, that he was talking about Pepe his Pepe pin while he was getting that's so good. Punched. God, do I love it? Oh, this this is just Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of like, used him as a little poem. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like even if he had no other context, like let's say we strip away his entire history and yeah. it was just a rando on the street and he was explaining a Pepe pen. <laughs> I'm not going to say then that like, yes, it is an unequivocal moral good right. that he got punched. I would still think it was pretty funny. Though. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, I would have, then I would have been like, no, you probably shouldn't have done that, but I'm going to take some, some joy in it because yeah. this, this dipshit in, in this fucking Quentin choir haircut <laughs> is, is, is explaining, uh, uh you know, memes to a reporter, <laughs> you know, out in public, like it's a, uh, you know, like it's discourse <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Like the, the, but it, it's like at the, the, you know, we should never rise to their level thing. Like I feel, um, you know, Chris Franklin, so campster who I like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, who like never, like, I don't think that guy likes me. Like I, I follow him and I, I will respond to him and like make points and stuff. I've never, been acknowledged in it so that's okay. weird i mean that could be me being insecure but i'm like oh this guy doesn't like me which is fine mm-hmm. um but i was watching him and his twitter that night because he i think that there's an element that he and i share where i think that we both um have a really strong desire to be understood mm-hmm. by people so when he was saying like yes it's bad to punch but like so he was saying it was like not a good thing but also it was you know this guy is bad and is bad to be racist and shit and people mm-hmm. were arguing with him because for some reason like people are are taking that side on this <laughs> take, stuff, you know. So, yeah, take, just like, taking the side that it's not okay to punch a Nazi. Yeah, it's always it's always wrong to punch, no matter what. Which is like that has never been true, ever. Yeah, you know, like they're you know they're they're you you punch to for reasons, like yeah. and there are good reasons to punch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he was just kind of explaining and and kind of calmly like debating with them, and just kept going on and on and on, and like the uh, yeah, I was trying to like I was like. Chris, you just gotta mute these people. Move on. It just wasn't <laughs> happening. And then, like, some guy in his mentions, and I eventually like stopped trying to get to him because, like I said, I think he wants to be understood, same way I do. Mm-hmm. Um, some guy was just like, "Yeah, you never punch people. That's assault. In fact, it's a crime." Yeah, it's like uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Legality and morality are not the same thing, it, it, dude. Yeah. You, how did you? How do you get this old and not come to that realization? <laughs> you know that like. Uh, the fucking Simpsons taught me that. Like, once yeah. something is no longer illegal, it's no longer immoral. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Simpsons told me that when I was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get to be this old and think that the law and morals are the same thing? <laughs> yeah. How do you, uh, you know, not understand that? Right. Like, the civil rights movement was illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it. <laughs> exactly. And and then at that point, like, I just I really wonder, like, these dipshits. If the, if we were the, we were literally the civil rights movement as we know it mm-hmm. was happening again, like in a literal sense, rather than like a you like, know like Star Wars prequel Echo yeah. sex, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sense. The, like if that was literally happening right now, they would be doing the same fucking thing. Oh yeah, like the, and there were those people existed then. There just wasn't the internet, but there were <laughs> yeah. assholes who were like 
otherwise well-meaning mm-hmm. who were just like, why can't these people just go through the proper channels? Oh, yeah. You know, like, why do you have, why do you have to like, and how I mean, do you I mean, like, like MLK with even the weight s- of history behind you? How do you miss that point? Yeah. <laughs> MLK even said, like, I'm tired of people telling me to wait. Like we're, yeah. we're we're fucking sick and tired of being told to wait, so we're gonna do we're you know we're gonna do this our way. <laughs> and and then you know it, it, that when people uh, it's the same thing with people on Facebook who are fucking wringing their hands about broken windows, like yeah, oh you know a, a, a protest is is good and everything, but you should there's no ever never a call for property destruction, never a call for property destruction. Like one, that's not true. Two, uh, yes, like that store owner is not the actual victim. But who are you to explain, like, tell an oppressed group how angry they should be? Right. You know, like, that is so obscene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that, that is a vile thing to do. Yeah. Well, there's also... Like, well, there's if also... it was your window, you'd care. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you, there... you got me. Uh, like, but, there's also but... insurance. There's also any number of things. Like, it sucks, but... There's it's... also that person eating a $200 bill because, like, you know, that's the environment. Like, it's not yeah. that, you know that's the mess we're into and that happens. And then this person who threw a bucket through that window, mm-hmm. you know, because of this environment, mm-hmm. uh, that is neither of their fault, right. you know, directly, uh, gets, you know, a swastika painted on their door, mm-hmm. you know, like it is, it is part of the bad weather that comes with, with regressive politics. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like it, it's, it, it really grosses me out to see an equivalency being drawn between, um, property damage and violence to a person. Yeah. Like human rights. And like the, you know, it's, it's that abstraction that people can't understand, you know, that like that, uh, that, that violence, uh, like systematic, systematic violence, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, well, they're not, you know, being rounded up in a camp, you know, why, why are they <laughs> so is that what, is that like, what it oh, would take? Like, yeah. Like you don't you don't do that stuff, man. Like on an actual inauguration day, I was like arguing with my stepdad. Oh jeez. My stepdad has turned into an internet monster somehow, and oh, is watching God. a lot of bad YouTubes. Uh, and like that was his like his he wasn't arguing genuinely, so he didn't have a point. But yeah, his what he kept coming back to is like he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> and, and I was like trying to yeah. it's like you don't protest things like after they happen. Like if someone says I plan to do X mm-hmm. and X is vile, yeah. So you try to get X, you try to get the person not to do X. Yeah. You don't wait for them to do X and then be like, you shouldn't have done X. Yeah. You shouldn't have done X. <laughs> you know, you don't close the barn door after the cows are gone. Yeah. Al- also, the other thing about that is, so if you're going to take that stance, do you just not believe that he's going to do the things that he said he was going to do? Do, you, do, do you like this guy and you support him kind of unquestioningly based on what, if not the things that he's said? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, there's no reason to believe that he is not. Uh, his monsterism is not in good faith. He's not kidding. Right. Uh, Same thing with people say, oh, he might change. No, dog, he's like 75 years old. You don't change when you're 75. And and we're not, you know, it's not our job to change him. Right. Um, The, uh, so yeah, so he was, I mean, he wasn't actually arguing in good faith. So like that would, that's what I said. And then he was just being a shithead. Yeah. yeah. But like, he got got real like angry and sweary at me and stuff too. And I'm like, man, you you, this is this is a mistake. Yeah, and and then and then my my step my stepbrothers were getting on him too, and it was just like, why why are you doing this? Like I was trying to, I was like, man, do you know how many times over my mom would be dead without Medicare? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not you are in favor of big government. Like you want uh, a government that takes care of its people because it's taking care of you right now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and and how do you not see that connection? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like all that stuff with uh, people on Twitter saying, I, I, I want them to repeal Obamacare, but the ACA is fine. Yeah. Not understanding that, like, Obamacare is just the boogeyman marketing term that the right That's... applied to the ACA. So fucking sad. <laughs> yeah. That, like, people, like, it's, I mean, it, it, there's, like, shots and fraud to it, but I am mostly super sad about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like, you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you, how did this happen? Oh, I mean, it happened because of Fox News, you know, but like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah. But, but no, I, I also get angry when people say, why, why are the protesters doing this in a way that's convenient for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, somebody, somebody tweeted to me, like, I think it was um, uh, somebody like a longtime fan. I think it was a strenuous orb mm-hmm. uh, who was just like people who uh, have immense privilege equate discomfort with violence. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like you solved it, like that's what it is. It's them, this, this idea of like, oh man, I got to clean this up. Like in the morning is equivalent of you know why the same me? Thing. Like, like my cat, cat has a puke party downstairs, and I I wasn't invited, and, and then I get to come clean it up, and that's the equivalent uh, to them, you know. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna take a couple hours of work. You know, like what I I cannot stand uh, that stuff, and it, it's. I was talking to another one of my friends about it and it's like, it's amazing how, uh, the one, like the, the bad effect of this or like the thing that, uh, I think about is that like, this is kind of like killing some empathy in me mm-hmm. that I ordinarily would have. Like I do, you know, I want good things for everybody. It's like, I don't those people who don't know the difference between Obamacare and ACA. Like I want them to have insurance. Yeah. The core value of mine is that everyone should have health insurance, like, <laughs> right. uh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But like for the actual, you know, so that's all the voters and all the the citizens and and stuff for the actual like, you know, Paul Ryan, uh, like I like want his dick to fall off. Like I want (laughs) I want cruelty to happen to him. Like I don't you know, and that's that's not I don't think of that as me, but I want it really bad. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's not it's not a justice thing or anything. It's it's pure hate. But I have hate in my heart. Uh, And same thing with that Richard Spencer thing. Like part of it is like, yes, tactically. Punching a Nazi is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Also, that made him scared and hurt yep. and sad, and that is an incredibly good thing. Yeah, like I just take I take inherent <laughs> pleasure and tactical intellectual pleasure from that. Yeah, well, I mean, in 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 my head, it it is like I, I want justice. I want different forms of the shitty things that they're doing to come back to them. You know, like I want them to be to feel like sad. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want them to feel sad, alienated, and alone. Yeah. <laughs> like when, when I said, I want all food to turn in, to turn to ash in their mouth. I want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I want, I don't want them to have joy, you yeah. know, like it's it just, doesn't, ex, it doesn't extend to their family. doesn't extend to their kids. It is or the people gen- who voted for them, yeah. like the people who fooled the, who they fooled. Yeah. It doesn't extend to them either. You know, mm-hmm. like I was complaining, you know, I, I, I said something about Nazis online and somebody on Twitter uh, who kind of like showily unfollowed and kind of called me out and he was just like, I'm sick of, you know, people saying everybody they disagree with is Nazi. Every, you know, Republican yeah. voter is Nazi. I got I'm a like, couple, I got a couple of those too. Um, like for one, like I'm not saying everybody who voted for him is a Nazi. No, like there's actual just Nazis. Like, yeah, I don't think you're a Nazi. If you're reading this, you're probably not a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's also, uh, so it's actual, like actual Nazis, mm-hmm. you know, who we're talking about, uh, I mean, I guess that was, that was just my main point is somebody yeah. was just like, you know, saying that and it's like, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's actual, actual people. No, this isn't a Mike judge parody. We're not, we're not jumping to the fascist. Like, no, these are self-avowed 
fascists. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you know, this isn't reading re- reading into it and saying, "Oh, George W. Bush is a fascist." That's that's not up for debate right now. It is people who have self identified as such, and yeah. thus that distinction well, is fair. And that and that's the the Richard Spencers. And then you know, when it comes to actual like administrative policies and the mm-hmm. you know in the current administration, like those are fascist policies, like things like shutting down the media media mm-hmm. uh, is a fascist policy. Yeah, you know, like that is that is a scary un undemocratic thing to do like when i was arguing my stepdad i was like he was he kept saying like i mean essentially his point was i think before he got into like shitty disingenuous you know uh alt-right gamergate argument mode yeah was just like uh you know you should have some like you should stand by your man you know more or less like this is the president this is the government like yeah, as an american that, you should have pride in this yeah that uh, that it's funny how that came back um yeah. after on, on november 9th the respect respect the office if not the man Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that that's one hundred percent true. You know, it's, it's something who I have definitely heard my son call uh, Obama an N word. Yep. Um, <laughs> like that's you know, it's it's pretty rich coming from him. But then the other thing about that though is that like in arguing against it, the argument I was taking, I realized was like inherently patriotic. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, like this is this is what you do in a, in America, and like yeah. I'm not the guy. Like I'm not. No, but you know, I I, I think America is actually even in the best of times is like kind of shitty in a lot of ways uh but like me arguing for people's right to like protest and stuff like i had a a flash of feeling patriotic and it was fucking weird i don't i mean there's nothing nothing wrong with that like that's a good thing it doesn't matter it it doesn't matter where that where that right is it's something that is the the, (laughs) that is a net positive and if it has to i mean especially if it has to be couched in a patriotic kind of uh kind of wrapper for you know to appeal to somebody who otherwise would like that you know then yeah that's fine too. It's okay to take pride in aspects without being nationalistic about right, it. Right. Without, without grabbing the whole thing because right. the whole thing is not, you know, in general is not quite good enough. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> but, um, but what you like is one of the, what, what you're talking about is one of the avenues to make it better. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I feel the same way and I've, I've wrestled with the same tension. And in that sense, like I think the constitution's pretty great, you know, yeah. and I wish people would respect it. <laughs> You know, in terms of in terms of actually, you know, uh, enforcing and allowing for the rights of people like that is something that I am patriotic about. I I don't want to mince words about it. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's bizarre. I I just. I will watch videos of Spencer getting punched to the rhythm of we will rock you over and over again, because that is what makes me feel good right now. Yeah, but yeah. my favorite is the the GameCube one so far. Uh, <laughs> the GameCube one, like that's the GameCube startup thing where it's like, and then it just ends with the uh, <laughs> with the punch. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite so far. Yeah, but they are all good. Yeah, and it is uh it, the the like subtlest and and funniest you know kind of take from it as well was the uh, uh they're my favorite like. Michael Cooperman was like, if we keep punching Nazis in the face, they're not going to feel good about speaking their mind. Is that what we want? And it was like really, really pretty quick on the the thing, too. And I was just like, that's that's very good. Um, yeah. And then just the of course, the replies were a shit show of people who were like, didn't understand the joke on kind of both sides, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, but it is, it is extremely bad. Um, I hope that it, it continues like people, you know. Uh, continue to fight. Mm-hmm. 
on the sands of sweet Circonos Did we bathe in the sun Sharing grapes from Culero When you were the only one On the streets of Karnaka I met you long ago When the city was so peaceful And the fate seemed to glow We danced and sang Until the early ships sailed And when morning bells rang Only then we exhaled Now the sands of Circonos They're burning in the sun The Duke claims our riches and his firing squads patrol. We run and hide until the evening ships sail. When the night is black, only then we exhale. Onto a whaler, and maybe we'll escape.